Welcome to the Celebrate Recovery Podcast brought to you by Edgewater Church in Port Charlotte, Florida. This is where we interview CR leaders as well as share testimonies from our home church. For more information, go to edgewaterchurch.com slash celebrate recovery. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today uh, with this Celebrate Recovery Edgewater Church podcast. I'm a passionate follower of Jesus. I'm in recovery for drugs and alcohol and codependency, and I'm the CR pastor at Edgewater. And my name is John. Hey, John. Um, I am a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. I am in recovery from anxiety, depression, food addiction, and lately... um, many visits to Amazon, and my, my name is Lou. Hi, Lou. Hi, Lou. Hi, and I'm Laurie Jean, and I'm a believer who celebrates recovery from drugs and alcohol. Hi, Lori. Lori Jean. Hey, Lori. Yeah, and so thanks for joining us, Lori Jean. Um, for those of you who don't know her, she is the team lead for all the Florida state reps right now for Celebrate Recovery. Um, she also works in health and wellness. Uh, to help people improve their lives. So thanks for joining us, Lori. Thank you. So let's just start off with kind of the the most basic question, but it's always my favorite question, uh, which is just what's your story? Tell us a little bit about how you started in your recovery um, and what got you to where you're at today. Okay, well, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And that's when the moral temperature of this country was really changing very fast. And everything back then was groovy. (laughs) And I got swept away in the anti-establishment counterculture that was taking on back then. They were taking on human sexuality and women's rights. Um, Traditional modes of authority were being questioned. Um, experimentation with psychedelic drugs were practiced widely. Um, the worst part, I think, though, was the American dream was being interpreted very differently back then. Um, society was in a state of experimentation, and I decided I was just going to go along with that. Right. Um, I was. Um, society was was being changed, and I was just keeping up with society. Um, what I was taught in my early childhood really didn't matter anymore. And because I had been brainwashed into the, into a cultural consumer, right. um, I took my, I, I took my first drink when I was 12. I was, that was back in the age of Aquarius. I don't know if anybody, you, this is way past. Way before your time, (laughs) but you may remember the song. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I took my first drink when I was twelve, and I blacked out, and I stayed a blackout drinker my my whole life. Yeah. Um. Throughout my, I got married when I was eighteen, and um, it was just a big one big party my whole life and and in my early twenties was one big party. That's what people were doing, rock and roll. And it was sex, drugs and rock and roll. And I just, that was, that was what was being presented by society. And I bought it completely. Um, When I was 27, my husband left me for a younger woman 
<laughs> and um, my I my life just started crumbling from there. Um, it wasn't, and it was many years later, um, like twelve years later, that um, my life really started spiraling out of control. <clears throat> Um, my daughter, who was then 14, showed up like in the mailboxes. Have you seen this child? Wow. And um, I had found out that uh, my then boyfriend had been uh, violating her. And that was my lowest. And that was when I realized I, I was desperate and I had to do something about it. And how old were you then? I was 39. I was 39. So um, that's when I went uh, to my first AA meeting. I started going secretly. I didn't want my daughter to know because I had disappointed her too many times in the past. And I didn't really think I could do it anyway. Well, you know, quitting was easy. I quit a thousand times. Right. (laughs) It was the stay and quit that was hard. which I had never been able to do. So um, that was um, that was when everything changed for me, um, that first AA meeting. And I saw a sign on the wall. It said, you're not alone anymore. Um, yet I, I still felt way alone. But that, that sign, I can still see it. It's like a mental picture yeah. in my brain that just won't go away. Amen. Um, then I had, I'm sitting in, I'm going to these AA meetings secretly. And, um, then they told me I need to find God. And I'm like, what? (laughs) There I am, you know, another low point in my life. And I've got a bunch of drunks telling me I need to find God. I'm like, people, I've got real problems here. What I would, you know, I'm like, here's another dead end. You know, here I am. Nothing's going to change. You know, I got people here telling me I need Jesus when I have real problems. But I was really desperate. I was real desperate. And so I um, decided that I would do anything they told me to do. And um, so that's what I did. And um, I said a very insincere prayer back then. God, if you're real, then help make me stop drinking. And um, I said that prayer 24 years ago. And I never took a drink after that. Uh-huh. That's incredible. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. So how did you end up in Celebrate Recovery then? Okay. Um, well, um, I, um, my husband, I, I met a hus- my husband, you know, I, I get sober, um, I'm given back at church, we had a 12-step ministry here, at, I go to Northland Church in Longwood, and um, met a wonderful, godly man, and um, he was involved in the, in the prison ministry, in the jail ministry, and so he came back one day and said, hey, you're talking about doing some kind of recovery, celebrating kind of ministry, something like that. And I'm like, what? 
I want to hear about this. You're not going to be doing no jail ministry with recovery. I'm going to do, I'm involved. And so my church had sent me and um, several other women at the Saddleback Church in 2009. And um, we went to the summit in August of 2009, came back. And then in November of 2009, we launched Celebrate Recovery at North. Amen. And we started our first meeting. We had 139 people there. Wow. (laughs) Big for a CR. It's very cool. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, that's really interesting to me that in AA is where they said, you need Jesus. Where, you know. (laughs) Typically now you go to an AA and they, they actually try to, to stay away from, from saying Jesus, it's, it's your higher power, right? Which is one of the reasons why celebrate recovery is, is distinctive because we do unabashedly say that Jesus is our higher power. Um, so what, why do you think that is, um, how do you think it's different from AA or other um, groups, recovery groups? What do you think Christ has to offer when it comes to that? Well, that's the key. That's the key part. Um, like I said, you know, people can get people quit all the time. Quitting's easy. It's it's the staying quit. And what Christ brings to recovery is Himself. He's He gives you the ability to get past that temptation to use. When, when I was tempted, or anybody, when you're tempted, you can just literally say, Jesus, help me get through this temptation. And you know what? He's gonna. He's gonna get you past it. He's gonna help you endure through it. He really, he really does. And this is what's different. Um, no other higher power has the power to actually do that. Yeah, amen. Um, yeah, just a... Uh, 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 Quick comment. Um, I heard this at the summit yesterday. The difference between uh, being sober and recovered. You know, like uh, you get sober, but through celebrate recovery, you have the ability to truly recover and not being sober on. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. That's so good. that's where the, the difference is. Yeah, that's a really I know so many people it, through um, the, the um, secular programs that have gotten sober but either one their life is still miserable or two they they've relapsed and gone back out and three they're dead yeah because they don't have jesus they don't have that that one part yeah i'm kind of just realizing now that i i know several people who um aren't allowing christ to be kind of the ongoing new life, recovery, uh, living life to the fullest. That's what it's all about. Um, people have kind of gotten sober, but they're just not happy. And yep, so, so much. Yeah, that's a good point, Lou. Um, and I was just thinking about Jesus and, and even um, so much of, of his um, ministry had to do with recovery, even though that's not necessarily the word we would use. The word he used was repentance which, um, you know, some people don't like that word, but really all, all it means is true change, true action, yep. true change, you know, actually not just saying you're sorry, but 
showing it with your actions and re- repenting and turning your life around. You know, the, um, the even the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The whole thing is a recovery prayer. You know, let, let me live in the now. Let me live in the kingdom now. Let me forgive, 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 forgive. Um, you know, let me um, not worry about tomorrow. Um, you know, let me just worry about the bread for today and tomorrow will take care of itself. You know, we don't call it recovery. I don't see theologians calling it recovery because people don't talk about it enough in the theological world. But let me ask you, Lori, uh, have you ever felt discouraged? Say, in the, you know, recently, like in the last year or two, maybe especially with everything going on in the world right now, have you felt discouraged? And when you do, how do you overcome that? Well, yeah, of course we we're we're discouraged. We I get discouraged all the time. Um, to begin with, in the very beginning, I was extremely discouraged because of all the people, places, and things I was leaving behind, and not even sure it was worth it. Because when I was first starting out, all I knew was all I knew. Um, but being desperate and staying with it, I kept coming back. Yeah. Um, now when I get discouraged, it, I just, I, it's, it's like an auto response that I, I just like an auto responder. (laughs) It's like, I, it's the things that I learned early on about going to Jesus, like my little, um, my little Jesus save me prayer, you know, get me through this temptation, Jesus. And, um, you know, now things have, have changed. Some of my temptations aren't looking at a can of beer it might be looking at a bag of cookies right. <laughs> but it, it still has this it can have the same power over you yes absolutely. and the, and so it's you know the auto responder it, it's things that I've learned in my recovery that that help get me through the discouragement because I know he's there I know he's helped me in the past I think that's something that we kind of we forget all the things that God's got us, gotten us through to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we, we forget about it. And it's we need to remember that because that's what's going to pull us from our discouragement. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes, makes completely sense. I was um, at the food pantry at Edgewater yesterday. And then I had someone ask like um, kind of uh, the same question. Like, um, how do you deal with the discouragement, with all this depression, with everything that is going on right now? How do you deal with that? And um, I, I talked to her for a while. She said, I, I am going, I'm, I'm literally on just reaching to rock bottom right now. And, um, and then I was telling her, sometimes God allowed us to go to the bottom because it's the only way is up. While you are going to, to the bottom, like sometimes you always try to escape to the left, to the right, but when you reach the bottom, it's just one way is up. And um, my way with that, like that I was talking to them, is serving. You know, um, the way you say you replace uh, uh, the discouragement with something good, you know, and then I, uh, we try to, with recovery, we try to replace the discouragement, the depression and all the issues, serving, doing something do, good, praying, reaching out. And, and this is awesome. And it makes 
completely sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like the parable of the of the lost son where uh he reached the point where he was living with the pigs. He had nowhere else to go but back. Yeah. He had nowhere else to go but back to his father. He said I'd rather just be a servant. I'd rather be a slave in my father's house than live here with the pigs. And it, and often we have to get to that that point of discouragement where we actually finally turn to God and and let the Holy Spirit minister to us, but Yep. Sometimes we can be stubborn. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um Lou, do you have any any qu- other questions? I've got more questions here, but I'd like to let you give it a a go. Um my question is like um through this crisis right now, how are you guys are dealing with everything in your group and your church um celebrate recovery in your group in your church okay well we have taken on the motto each one reach one um number one um that's good and we because i may you not everybody has an email list not everybody has um phone numbers but everybody is going to have somebody's and um we've been um encouraging people to, you know, email the people they know, the leaders to email the people in their groups, uh, to text number, to text somebody, you know, just a simple text saying, hey, how are you doing today? Makes all the difference in the world. Um, we've, we've had our um, Celebrate Recovery, the CRCR online open share groups going, as well as a large group meeting. And last night was our very first in-person meeting back at our church. So it was wonderful. Everything was spread way out. It felt very strange, yet everybody was so grateful to be there. So that was really wonderful. But we're still offering the um, CRCR online Zoom open share groups for the people that aren't comfortable yet getting back out into. into people. So we offer both. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. And we'll be praying for you guys. And I I just loved the moral and the model like a each one reach one and definitely trying to implement that here too. It's just copying you. I know you have the copyrights, but I will be talking about this one. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You can definitely take that and use it. I don't have any rights to that. No. <laughs> yeah, go with it. It's good. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you a few questions um, that I think might be uh, interesting to some of our listeners, which um, they might be kind of corny questions, but I, I like them. So if you if you could put a billboard sign up that the whole world could see, what would you put on I don't even hesitate. You can't keep it if you don't give it away. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can't hang on to your recovery. You can't get your recovery and then just go and hide in a hole somewhere and not share it with other people. Your story is so important and it will help somebody. It will help somebody. And um, you got to be active. Also, that means you got to be active in your recovery. If you're not being active and 
and helping others, um, like volunteering. Volunteering is yeah. huge on how I got sober. It, at first, it was very selfish. I, I, I had to get out of my house, so I quit drinking. You know, I had to do something to keep to to keep my mind off of wanting to drink. So it was very selfish motives to begin with. But it it really it opened up a whole new world that I had no idea existed after drinking for 20 some years. You know, you, you miss life. You miss what life really is. You, you just know that one little pigeonhole. And I was yeah. able to meet a lot of new people. I was able to go and experience things that I never would have done by myself. And, um, and that's how I, that's how I, I've stayed sober all these years. I kept trying, I kept, you just got to give it away. That's awesome. That one of the other questions was, what do you think is the most important part of of the recovery program itself? Um, Would you say that that's what you, the most important part is, is you can't keep it if you don't give it away? Well, yes, which go right in line with steps 10, 11, and 12. You know, so many people are like really knuckling down on the getting sober part. And then once they get, then once they kind of get there, once they get to this kind of good spot in their recovery, they think they've got it. And then they just go into their hole somewhere and they're living a life. They're missing so much in life. Steps 10 and 11 and 12 are really called, are they, a lot of people refer to it as the maintenance steps, but it's not maintaining. It, it's getting out there and living. It's actually um, experiencing true victory by, by taking your sobriety and helping, bringing others, you know, into it with you. Wow. So good. That is good. I do. I do have a question um what would you tell uh someone who is watching this podcast right now and who is feeling lonely depressed unlovable someone who is really hurting especially with this crisis of COVID-19 um you can't you can't be by yourself isolating is not the you can't Social distancing is not for recovery. Um, we can physically distance ourselves. We have to physically distance ourselves, but we have to stay in touch and in contact with each other. So somebody else, you need to bring somebody else with you. You have to just reach out somehow and talk to somebody. And if you don't know people, well, there's hotlines. There's plenty of hotlines that will get you in touch with the right people. But um, being with somebody and talking with somebody is is vital during these times, especially, you know, no isolating, in other words. If you're in the, you know, in our area or even if you're not, feel free to message um, the Celebrate Recovery Edgewater Church Facebook page. We have um, so many leaders, both men and women, who are just they're trained and, and they want to to help people. And so if you just need someone to talk to, we've got them, uh, including Lou here, who's on this call, who's, you know, our, our mental. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, well, we have to wrap it up now. So I'll ask you one, one last question is what are you excited about right now? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I'm really in the last third of my life 
And I have decided I'm going to live my life, what's left of it, intentionally with purpose. You know, life is such an adventure when you're living it with Jesus as your guide. And if I do just what's in front of me and stay in constant conversation with God, my best adventure is is still to come. Amen. Oh, that I couldn't have put it better. That's just living, living in the spirit, living in in uh, saying yes. Something that I often say is that the Holy Spirit's saying yes. We just need to say yes too. So whatever's yeah. coming. Yep. Well, thank you for being with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Lori Jean, it's been an honor. Um, again, she's the team lead uh, for the Florida State Representatives. Their Celebrate Recovery is in Longwood. If you're in the Longwood, Florida area, go to Northland Church Celebrate Recovery. Um, she also teaches women how to break free from bondage and uh, achieve their dreams. Uh, if you're interested in, in having Lori Jean help you out, you can Email her. We'll put it on the information, uh, but her email is recoveredbyoils at gmail.com. She uses essential oils, which I know there's a lot of uh, people in our church who also uh, like to yeah. do that. So, again, thank you, Lori, Jean. Uh, appreciate you being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. We'll, we'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Go there. Be blessed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it uplifted your spirit in some way. Now stay tuned for more episodes to come. And if you need more information, go to edgewaterchurch.com slash celebrate recovery. God bless.